morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of the Visual Lounge. Today, we're gonna be talking about structurally, when you think about videos, what's different about an instructional video and what's different about a video that you'd see on YouTube. And fundamentally, there are differences. Now, this is a podcast. I wanna be very clear up front, this is a podcast. I'm not gonna be showing a lot of editing structural features or functionality, but I wanna have a conversation. And in the comments, and if you're on YouTube, the comments below are great. If you're on the podcast, you can email email me at thevisuallounge at techsmith.com. But I wanna hear from you. I wanna hear what you think. What is the fundamental difference between video that you would put on YouTube as like an instructional video as a creator versus the video that you would put out in your company as just training. Because I think fundamentally there are some are some big differences. Now, I wanna start in the first place. Obviously, there's things about your audience that are gonna be different. And that's an important distinction to make. Your audience internal, you have probably way more control over than your audience internally. Not to say that you have control over them, but the things that they're going to be encouraged or maybe even coerced to watch, Internal training, you've got it. You know who they are. You know when they're supposed to be doing it by, and you can kind of push that down. Now, that doesn't mean that you can just get away with whatever you want, but what it does mean is that you have some kind of structural built-in safety that they're going to have to watch this, particularly in uh, like uh, compliance cases, but other cases, you know, you might want to, you still want to encourage them to watch it and things like that, but it's just different. YouTube, you are fighting against attention, not just like short attention spans. I'm not even talking about that, but what I'm talking about is there are a hundred, a thousand other things that you might need or want to do. And I'm choosing as a viewer to watch this video. So it better be worth my time and my effort to stay engaged. So consider that, just consider that as a big difference, right? Like one is a, a pure play for attention. The other one is not, necessarily that. Now, but what if we treated them both that way? What if we said, look, internal employees are busy. You've got too many emails. You've got too many messages, too many meetings, too many other things to do. One more video, one more learning object, just gosh. But what if it was so valuable that it, someone said, I have to watch that, or they know it's coming from you as a creator. And they, they say, oh, they made that? Oh, you bet I'm watching that because that's always good. Now, so fundamentally, there's an attention kind of difference, right? Now next, because a, a video on YouTube has to do a certain thing, right? Like, because again, I might be looking for a topic. I might be looking how to fix my car. I might be looking how to, you know, do something in Excel. I might be looking at how to build something, learn something. Maybe maybe I'm just looking for entertainment. I just want to just appease me. Let, me. let me drift off into watching and not having to think about the things that are in my life. So what do we do? As a creator, creators are thinking about titles. They're thinking about descriptions. They're thinking about the, the thumbnails that are going on. So titles, thumbnails, descriptions, right? And you have to use those as a marketing vehicle to say, this is the thing that you should watch. You're almost saying like, look at me, pay attention to me because this is gonna be what you need. And so a couple of things we should be spending a lot of time as creators thinking about those things, especially in the context of YouTube, because those really matter. Because you're trying to get someone to choose to give you that little bit of movement of their mouse or a little bit of the movement on their finger so they tap and actually open it up. Because that's, that's a, it's a big barrier. 
We've heard many times that if you are familiar with the creator, Mr. Beast, he's got 200 million subscribers on YouTube. 200 million subscribers. Think about that. He, he's got more people subscribed to him than are in many countries, right, in terms of population. He gets about 150 million views a week. 150 million. Now, look, he is not for everybody. He He's not necessarily my cup of tea. I respect him as a creator, but do I watch his content? No, I've seen it, though. I've watched it with my kids. I've seen what he does, and he does amazing things. But one of the things that he has said and talked about is that he actually makes his thumbnail first. And if he can't make a good thumbnail, that's going to draw attention, convince people to do that click. He doesn't make the video. Doesn't make the video. I mean, Think about that. It's got to be so compelling that it drives whether a video gets made or not. Now, of course, you want it to be clear. You want it to be understanding. You know, there's all sorts of things we could talk about from there's tricks like, do you smile? Do you show your teeth? Do you have an open mouth? And people are trying and experimenting with all sorts of things to see what resonates, what sticks. I think there's some level of personal preference. But your title too, right? It's got to be somewhat SEO focused if you're a YouTube creator. It's got to be something that people are going to be searching for so you show up high enough in the rankings so that someone actually finds you. Because if you're on page 37, most people are not searching through 37 pages worth of YouTube videos to find your video. They're not doing it for my videos, that's for sure. So now what does this mean, though, if you are not a YouTube creator? Should you spend the same amount of time on those things? Maybe not. However... Think about the power that's in that. If if something is compelling to look at and you're saying like, oh, this looks like something I want. This looks like something I need. This is going to solve a problem that I have. This is going to help me move forward in my career. This is going to help me to do those things. Then maybe we should put some time in it. Maybe we do want to do that for an internal audience because here's the thing. Your internal audience, while they might be forced or more coerced to have to watch your video, what happens if we flip that script and we say, they're going to have to watch it. What if we set it up so they want to watch it? What if we can change that narrative in their mind? That instead of thinking, oh, I've got to do training. Oh, they're thinking. Instead, ah, man, I get to do this training. I'm so excited because this is going to be so good. It's going to be helpful. It's going to be energetic. It's going to be engaging. All the things that come from why people watch so much YouTube, especially, frankly, it's, I don't even think, I was going to say it's a generational thing. I don't even think it's a generational thing anymore. It is clearly across generations. My parents watch YouTube. My dad watches YouTube. My dad's 75. My kids are watching YouTube. I'm watching YouTube. It's across the spectrum. But again, as internal creators, if we can get that kind of excitement to say like, hey, this is good content. This is valuable content. This content is worth my time. It is worth my effort. That's a real flipping of the script. And I, I know that takes effort. I know that that's a challenging thing to do. It's a big ask for our audience, right? However, I really see fundamentally that that's going to be important, especially as we look at what's coming down the road, right? There's all these technological changes around AI and, you know, the tools are getting, getting easier and faster. And, and in some ways, that's going to be awesome. In some ways, that means that the amount of content that teams and companies and individuals can put out is going to increase. And that means my span of attention is going to be drawn even further because there's going to be three things or five things or 10 things 
because ah, I want you to learn all this, right? So I think by learning to make those engaging videos now, whether eventually you're starting to use AI, one, it means you can make better decisions about the AI, what's good, what's bad, what kind of sucks. But two, it means that you're priming your audience to say like, yeah, this is good content. And when our training team or Matt, the creator, or whomever is putting this up, it is worth my effort. Hopefully, I think you think this particular type of video is worth the effort. Hopefully, you're finding this valuable. And if you do, you know, make sure you hit like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. If you're in a podcast app, guess what? We'd love it for you to make it so we're one of your automatic downloads. Follow us. We'd, we'd love that. And if you got feedback, again, the visual lounge at textman.com. Okay. With that said, though, let's continue this conversation. So we've got this idea, like thumbnails, title, description. Let's get them to one. I watched a funny thing. It was a YouTube video. Go figure, right? It was a, a, a fellow who went to film school. And he's like, I didn't want to be a filmmaker. He's like, I want to do digital media. And, and YouTube wasn't necessarily like it is today. But he said, I went to film school. I learned all these things. And guess what? They're doing things very differently than we do it here in digital creation land of YouTube. In particular, he was talking about the style of cuts. Now, if you know Mark Lassoff, you know he is in different sessions has argued that like we should we should maintain professionalism in terms of like the way we cut our videos. And, and I, I don't disagree. We want to up level our craft. If you're not a, a film editor, video editor, there's lots of styles and techniques out there that you can follow. But this gentleman that I, I want to reference, and I'll put a link to his video in the comments below. The thing is that he referenced, he's like the jump cut. Now, you've probably seen a jump cut. If you've never seen a jump cut, it's very simple. It means that the person's talking and it looks like they move slightly or jump because what we're basically doing is taking out a bunch of extra stuff. Either they said something like, yeah, that didn't need to be said, or there was a gap there and we just trim it out. So it's like, boop, kind of cuts hard, no transitions. It just hard cut. Interestingly enough, he said on his jump cuts, he actually talks about doing what's, we've talked about this on the visual line, it's been a while, but J cut. So it looks like he's overlapping. So, but the syllable, the end syllable of the last word, the beginning syllable of the first word almost overlap perfectly. Just so it's continuous, right? And why is he doing this though? Because it seems it's very jerky style, boom, 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 right? It's a jerky style. And the thing is, he said he does it because it's for attention. It's for engagement. It's for because every second is worth the time that you're going to, you're going to just keep it rolling. Again, it's about engagement, getting that person to listen, to watch, to want to pay attention. And if you're pausing and I often pause, right? We'll see if I, they get cut out in this video or not, but I often pause. And sometimes that's for effect, right? You can do that. But here's the thing. That just means that's extra time that your listener might turn and look at their email or turn and look at another video or pick up their device and see what's going on that is not your content. So this is just one methodology, right? Like use a jump cut to keep engagement going, to keep it flowing. But what you need to decide from a stylistic standpoint as a trainer or a content creator, whether you're doing it for yourself or you're doing it for your company, whatever it might be, you have to decide what is the key here? What's the style that's going to allow your audience to keep paying attention? 
I'll share something that's really from our YouTube channel, talking with our YouTube creator, Andy Owen. And Andy is fantastic. He does the Camtasia channel. When he was early on and starting to design and develop some of his YouTube videos about Camtasia, he had added a bunch of stuff at the beginning. Hi, I'm Andy from TechSmith. Do, 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 like, and subscribe, whatever, right? But what we found is people started to drop. That wasn't engaging. It wasn't even necessary. It was just something, it was for us. And so, okay, what do you do? Well, you have to experiment, talk to your audience, listen to your audience, look at your metrics, and say, is this style and methodology working for you? And if it's not, be willing to change it. Try something different. Try a different intro. I'll be very honest, as a podcast and on the Visual Lounge, I'm thinking about this right now a lot. What do we need to do? What do we need to change to keep you as a listener? Do I need to go shorter content form as we do our interviews? Do we need to add more fun? Do we need to do this or do that? And I'm willing to experiment with anything. So again, if you got feedback, let me know. It's a growth process entire through. But again, you're thinking about when in your videos, we want to keep things moving. We want to keep your audience engaged. Now, there's a couple other ways you can do this. One is like, and I'm not doing it because this is a podcast, but one of them is in your videos, think about what's on screen. What is changing regularly? Is it a speaker? Is it you're showing B-roll? Is it sh you're showing screen content? Is it what? What's happening? And those can be very subtle things. It doesn't have to be a big thing. But I would say that as you go through this process, really hone in on what needs to be there. What do I need to say? What do I need to show? And is there anything extra that I can cut out? I think one of the great sins of video creation, and I'm guilty of it just as much as I think everybody else, is I say and do and show too many things. You got to focus it. Focus it, focus it, focus it. Focus on one thing. What's that video about? And if there's a bunch of use cases that are extra or, well, but you could also do blah, 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 blah. That's either got to go at the end and you don't care about people watching it or it's another video. And nowadays, the way I think it's all set up, it's another video. If you're a content creator, you know, sweet, I've got another video. If you're internal training, think, is this really critical at this point? Can I introduce this in some other way? Is this going to be better as a PDF? Is this going to be better as an animated GIF? Is this a RISE course? Is this whatever it might be? Hone it in. Because again, attention is fleeting and we want to keep them focused and moving forward in the thing that they need to learn. So creators, learn from them. Trainers, you can learn from them too. You are creating great instructional content. I saw, saw a great example today. I'm going to, I won't share the example because I haven't asked for his permission, but I was talking to someone, I met them at a conference and they said, look, I make videos. I, I listen to a lot of things you say. So, hey, shout out to you. You know who you are. And he said that they've been able to, in his program, use videos and some of the things that we've talked about on the show and on our YouTube channels to be able to really engage their learners in a subject I'm going to say it in accounting, not a super, like for me, I'm not interested. It's hard for me. I'm like, what is this? I don't get it. But for his audience, it's it's actually been very successful. And I'll tell you what, he does a very good job of keeping things changing and moving and giving focus so that there's something to be seen on the screen instead of just slides. There are slides, but instead of just being slides, he does these other things. Got some little background music that he's bringing in and out. It's got some really great things going on. So it, it can be done with any subject. 
You just got to know your audience. You got to know your focus. And again, think about how you're going to draw them in and how you're going to keep them. That's it. Draw them in, keep them, and realize that what you're talking about isn't for everybody. Understand who your video is for. And don't just say, well, my channel, I think about this persona generally. That's great. That's a persona. You know, like maybe it's like a broad persona. That's the thing. Maybe you want to say like, look, for this one, I'm talking to people who are trainers, who are also watching a lot of YouTube videos. That's a lot more narrow than just generally trainers or customer education professionals. So really think about your audience. Think about narrowing that content in for them. And that might mean you might do another content piece of content, but maybe I'll do one for marketers. Maybe I'll do one for IT. I don't know. I, obviously, there's lots of resources, constraints. You got to balance those things out, but keep that in mind as well. So bring them in, create content that's for them, and keep them watching. That's it. That's the show. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. I hope you got something out of it. I hope it's thought-provoking. You know, every once in a while, I'll come on here, I'll rant and rave and do these kind of things because I think, you know, there's something valuable there. But if not, let me know in the comments below. <laughs> Heaven knows that you haven't stopped you from telling me what I've done wrong or what you didn't like about the shows before. And that's great. I do take that feedback very seriously. I listen to it. I respond to it. And in terms of trying to make a better show. So what I hope is that though, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, whether you are creating video, you're communicating, trying to communicate better inside your organization, you're using images, you're using video, doesn't matter. I hope that what we do here at the Visual Lounge helps you to level up every single day. Take care, everybody.